When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas, everybody. Happy festive Happy season. Christmas. Well, I know you weren't <laughs> expecting a podcast from us this week, and um, we've decided we're going to give you a little a little podcast just to tide you over until the new year uh, when we're going to be back. What are we doing, Em? Well, we thought we'd slice together um, a few of our kind of, well, best bits, would you say? Yeah, some of our best bits. Haven't been some able to find them all. Bits. But... <laughs> Some of the least worst bits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've yeah, we're, well, Alex has sliced and diced and edited, and um, put something together for you to enjoy. So have a wonderful Christmas and a fantastic New Year, and we will be back in the first week of January for more Ladies Who London. Yes, we cannot wait. We're so excited for the year ahead as well. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening this past year and have an amazing Christmas. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Love this lady's voice. (laughs) What, mine? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The one lady I love. Um, And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. <laughs> I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey. I'm the professional one. And we are qualified oh, London Blue Badge Guides. Come off it, would you? Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places and events. With a little information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London Podcast and on our websites, guideemily.com and alexlacey.com for information about our upcoming walking tours and virtual tours, as well as what the blue, blue, oh, so oh, close. Blue, the blue always gets you. The blue, 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 bladge. The, boo, the, the boo, bladge. The Michael Blue Bladge. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what it is oh, by now. It's been quite a while since we've managed to get through this completely. <laughs> no. It's so useless. So useless. It's for Dick. Worst podcasters ever. Anyway, hi, um. Hiya. Last week, you picked. So we, we talked about um, Jack Shepherd. We you did forgot, indeed. didn't you? You forgot. No, no, I didn't forget. Yes, you did. I saw the face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we oh. spoke about Jack Shepherd. Um, escape artist extraordinaire. Yeah, amazing. I, I love him. He's, he's so fun. This time, because he goes to Newgate for the second time here, he's not placed in the same room. He's placed in an area of Newgate Prison, which is called the Castle. One without bars on the window, you would hope. Well, yes. So this is a bit of a sewer, they say. So if you were placed in the castle, you'd be put up on death row. You would be standing in water that was just so filthy that after, you know, a week, your feet would have just rotted. It would have been awful. Oh, horrid. The stench and just absolutely disgusting. So he's placed in this room. Um, He's got leg irons. He's chained to the wall. I mean, how on earth is he going to get out? 
Um, and actually, please tell me he gets out. He does get out. Yeah, go Jack! I'm really. <laughs> but he actually he demonstrates to the jailers that the measures that they put him under were insufficient and he actually showed them how he could use a small nail to unlock the horse padlock which he was uh that the chains were kind of um uh well that the chains were held together with yeah held together with yeah um you know and like that's that- a, that's a rookie mistake hey guys you haven't taken enough precaution. This is how I get out. <laughs> uh, it's mad, but I don't know if he, he loves the thrill of it. I don't know if he, I don't think he values his life that much, actually. And the fact that he is managing to get out, he doesn't actually care if he gets put back in again. He's just going to try as much as he can to it get out. It sounds a bit but... like sport to him, doesn't it? Like he's really it does, yeah. loving the kind of cat and mouse element of it. Yeah, and I kind of get the idea from reading about it that the jailers would have been like, oh, oh my God, you know, you never guess who's in the castle. Jack Shepard. Let's go and talk to him. You know, and being like, hey, you know, how did you do it? And he's like, well, let me tell you, lads, I can easily get out of this. And a conversation where they're like, no way. And he's like, look, let me show you. Uh, <laughs> he he so, sat there and showed them how he could get out yeah, of it. Yeah, literally. <gasps> Yeah. Nice. So at this point, this is where he was bound more tightly and extra handcuffs and all this kind of thing. Okay. Uh. And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we're qualified London Blue Badge tourist guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people places and events. With Why are we so terrible? I say we, me. Hey, that was all you. I've done my line. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London Podcast and on our websites GuideEmily.com and AlexLacey.com for information about our upcoming walking tours and virtual tours as well as what the Blue Badge Guiding Qualification is all about. The key trip for her that really changes a lot in her life is when in 1872... She goes to Hawaii. So she, of course, Hawaii is pretty much halfway around the globe from the UK. Mm-hmm. It's really a very long way. Um, so nowadays it would take us, well, I can't remember how long it took before, 20 hours or something to fly there. But of course, when you're going by ship, it's a lot further. So she goes to America. She goes to San Francisco. And then she's actually heading, she's not heading for Hawaii. She's heading to New Zealand. Uh, she okay. decides to jump ship in Hawaii and she stays there for a frankly jealousy inducing six months Ooh. which oh, I know right God, and I mean is... do you think if this if the doctor hadn't have said you know go on a voyage she wouldn't have got this travel bug I mean right it's 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 interesting to to wonder whether that's just innate in her and she would have done it anyway but mm. I mean definitely it's it sparked something so anyway she gets to Hawaii and um she does something uh for the very first time in a new well in a new way for the very first time what do you think would be one of the most sort of liberating things for a woman to do that she would do in a different way and then I'm making this really complicated aren't I gosh like <laughs> I don't know. The midnight skinny dipping in the sea. Sounds good, doesn't that? Um, <laughs> no, she rode a horse, the uh, a stride, Backwards. so one leg either way. Because of course, up until then, oh, it's side, side saddle. saddle. Yes. 
Do you know who's descended from um, Alice Keppel? Oh, her daughter went to school with Vita Sackville West, and Vita oh. had uh, a thing with her. Really? All yeah. the Keppels get around, don't they? I can't, for the love of me, remember her name. Okay, well, there's two people in 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 our era who are descended from them. Do you remember Judith Keppel, who won, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Oh, yes. Yeah, she's descended from. Oh gosh, but yeah. The more famous one is Camilla Parker Bowles. Oh, was she a Keppel? Yeah, she's a Keppel. And the most hilarious thing, apparently, is her chat-up line to Prince Charles many, many years ago. They met on the um, on the polo field, apparently, and she wandered up to him and went, oh, I'm I'm descended from Alice Keppel, who used to have it off with your great-grandfather or whatever it was. How funny. I know. You can just imagine her doing that. Well done, Camilla. Funny. Great chat-up line. It worked eventually. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Shortly after she comes back and publishes this book, her father dies in 1858 and the entire family moved to Edinburgh. And Edinburgh is quite a key place for her because once they move there, she lives the rest of her life there, except for when she's travelling. And she's buried in Edinburgh as well. So Mm. Edinburgh essentially becomes her hometown, um, for want of a better word. And and she, like me, was a a peripatetic uh, youth, so moving around all the time. So when you finally find your spot, that's it. You're kind of happy there and you stay there. So What's that word, Alex? Peripatetic? Peripatetic, yeah. I mean, you... peripatetic. Honestly, I mean, Samuel Johnson can sort off. <laughs> We've got I'll Alex be... Lacey here. I'll be doing my I've own diary. Never heard my that own word. Um, yeah, peripatetic. Good word, isn't it? It's a very good word. I've got, I've got some really. I've got some favourite words. One of my favourite words is pandiculation. Pandiculation. Pandiculation is when you 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 know when you kind of do a massive stretch and you're stretching all the way out, yeah. especially like when you wake up in the morning. That's pandiculating. Pandiculating. That's great, isn't it? That's fantastic. Yeah. Kitty Fisher, Kitty Fisher, what a disher, what a disher. Yeah, what was that? Can I kiss her? Can I kiss her? What I was going to say because sometimes you know if you get, uh, I mean they say no publicity. Um, what is it? It's bad publicity. It's bad publicity, bad, yeah. yeah. Bad publicity. So I guess, you know, people want to find out more about her if, you know, if the, the newspapers are saying, oh, she's this and that and, oh, you know, yeah. bad Kitty Fisher. Exactly. And so she plays into it. And this is where we see exactly that um, in 1759, a bit of a scandal. Mm. Kitty goes right. She's a very accomplished horsewoman, right? So she's going riding through St. James's Park and all of a sudden she falls off her horse. And as she does so, you know, a variety of people rush to help her and they see that she is not wearing any underwear. <gasps> Shock horror. <laughs> oh my goodness me. Yeah, On a horse as well. I know. Ooh. So of course she's, you know, falling off legs akimbo. Whoa. Uh, you know, the, the goods Kitty, are... let me help you out. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the goods are available to view, essentially. Gosh, she's like, um, oh, I wasn't expecting to fall. Well, well, this is the thing, right? We don't know whether she fell on purpose or by accident oh my god but i mean that is a bit extreme to you know i mean fair enough when people kind of fake fainting but to to fake falling off a horse you know she could have got seriously hurt yeah she could have done to show her exactly but of course the press go mad don't they god i can just imagine she's like right here we go black booty this is our chance yeah (laughs) you go that way i'll go this way (laughs) um knees up but um (laughs) So it's two, it's two nil, Alex. Yeah, yeah, right. Rub it in, rub it in. Okay, straight into number three, episode eleven. What was that about? Serious? No, I'm joking. That wasn't. That wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a, 
That's about Florence Nightingale and Mary Seacole. Oh, yeah, cool. What oh, I okay. want to know is what was Mary Seacole's name before she was married? <gasps> oh. Oh, my God. I don't know this. <laughs> I know the name of her husband. Go on, then. That'll do. Cause Edwin. Was, Edwin Seacole is her husband. Yeah, but that's not the question, is it? So oh, you're not really? going to get a point for that, um, love. No, we, oh, my goodness. Hamilton Seacole was his name. Um, oh, goodness. I thought you I were these. I thought you'd been all over these. No, it's oh amazing how much you forget, God. isn't it? Um, You're really showing us up here, Lee. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming. We're going to end the end it oi, here. Oi. <laughs> Go on. Nursey. <laughs> it was Nursey Mary. Oh, I'm going to give it a go. New pants, go please. On. Pierce? No. Oh. Rosnan? I'm just making it. things up now. <laughs> it was Pierce Rosnan. Um, so her name was Mary Jane Grant. Oh, I would have oh. never have got that. I don't think oh. I actually knew See, I that. Thought, I thought you'd have got that, Alice, because you're oh. a, a big fan. I'm a big that, fan. Yeah, but... that was your that was your round. Yeah. That was your, your I, yeah, week. all right. <laughs> okay, then this is a bit easier. Okay. Episode twenty-five. Okay. Virgin, Virginia Woolf. Oh, it's another oh, Emily okay. one, isn't it? Blimey. What was the name of her husband? <gasps> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Leonard Wolf. Leonard. Oh, me, me. This is oh, killing I'm me. Three points to nil so far. I'm just going to get a top up of wine. Just so you know, when we do go <laughs> to the pub, I'm going to order a bottle of champs. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to go big. I mean, obviously, if I lose, it will be... Uh, I'm hoping that she'll just order a shandy, but... <laughs> you're getting a soda and lime and you're liking it. <laughs> so, as it stands, it's three nil to Emily. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And the smog, it covers about 30 miles wide <gasps> when it first starts on the first day. So it's taking over London landmarks. You can just see the top of Big Ben's clock tower kind of poking out. Um, you can just about see the, the top, the little kind of domes on the Tower of London. But things are just starting to disappear, essentially. It must wow. have been so eerie. Yeah. Um, now, the first casualties were actually livestock. Livestock in Smithfield Market. Right. So they suddenly noticed that the cattle uh, just just fell over just i shouldn't say that <laughs> what's a better way of saying that keeled over they keeled over not fell over someone tripped them up <laughs> um, <laughs> so um the first casualties were actually the livestock in smithfield market and um, the people that were working there <laughs> suddenly saw that the the cattle just i don't know why i'm laughing <laughs> This is so horrible. I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm sorry. Because you're the goth guide and you love it. <laughs> it's really horrible. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, they basically killed over and there was nothing they could do. You know, they couldn't resusc <laughs> resuscitate them. <laughs> oh, don't. You're making me laugh. We do need to talk about our review, though, don't we? Oh, God. <laughs> so we've had a little flurry of reviews, which is lovely. And up until now, we were five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> and because I love to, you know, flagellate myself, I went and had a little look and I was like, we've gone down to 4.9, what's happening? And so I rooted out that one review that was <laughs> not a five-star review. It really made me sad. It made me sad too. And then it made me, it made me laugh and then it yes. made me angry and then it made me laugh again. <laughs> so what did this review say? Um, 
let me get the exact uh, the exact language that was used. It was, I mean, it's kind of funny, really. It, it, you have to laugh about these kind of things, you know. If you can't, if you can't laugh, you know, when the chips are down, <laughs> when can you? You've got to pick yourself back up. Yeah. There's humour in everything, so go for it, Alex. So this review that the title was well, great start, great start. Yeah. If you're into posh white women, then go for your life, but it's a hard pass from me. And how many stars did that person Three stars. Give? Three stars. That's not too bad, actually. Thanks a lot. I mean, yes. I would have expected a one star. He's like, hard pass from me. It was all right, though. Um, yes. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, I, I just think it's hilarious that um, no one's ever called me posh. So although it kind of, it was quite angry, the, the way that it was written, <laughs> but at the same time, I was like, oh my God, I've been called posh. You know, I was born in Essex and from where we grew up, it I was know. not posh at Hilarious. all. So, and I get called thanks. posh a lot. And it's mostly my accent because I haven't had a posh upbringing at all. We're military. Um, but I get called posh. But anyway, but we are white women. We, that is we've never, true. We've never pretended I've to never be anything, been else. anything else. Um, so that is true. So, so 50, 50% I mean, of accurate it is Accurate review. Correct. Accurate review. Accurate. Actually, what we're talking about, that was a positive review. <laughs> um, so thank you very much for that person. Finally, they get to Tahiti. Now, if you watch the movie The Bounty, or maybe some of you out there have seen it, there's this scene where they suddenly spot land. And these men on board, you know, they've been starved of fresh water. They've been starved of food. They've been starved of women. Oh, oh no, honestly. Tell where this is going. Yes. So they suddenly see a lot of Tahitans. They see a lot of men. They see a lot of women. And of course, the native dress, they're wearing bamboo. They're oh, wearing, woman. you know, le- a woman, I know, oh, woman. leaves around their body. And they're all very excited to see this ship. And all the Tahitans get in the water. Brilliant. Now, William Bly, he Sounds actually... fabulous, actually. It does, doesn't it? I want to go to Tahiti on a voyage. Yes, Let's we should it. go. Let's do it. We should go. Um, so William Bly, Captain William Bly, kept a diary and he talks about how, you know, all of these men and women suddenly came in the water and all of their clothes started to come apart. So you've essentially oh. got these bare-breasted women... Boobs for days. Boobs, <laughs> <laughs> Boobs for days. Um, and also, the women were really beautiful. Their teeth were notably incredibly white. So much better than, of course... <laughs> the pockmarked old hags that they left behind. <laughs> Here in Britain. <laughs> there was hot fermenting ale in these mats. <gasps> and so all of this, uh, when the... Hot, when the ring breaks on this vat yeah. the vat actually bursts not immediately <gasps> a little bit later and the vat bursts and it basically is such force if you think you've got thousands of barrels of beer in this one vat yeah. just this one vat yeah. the beer all rushed out it collapsed the back wall of the brewery <gasps> and it then also um, set off a kind of chain reaction of other vats so it knocked the little sort of tap thing out of okay. one of them um, this hot you know this, this hot ale is sort of then having a chain reaction in other vats which are then bursting open and this basically a 15 foot high wave of beer floods down into the area of New Street George Street and a whole variety of others in wait, this area wait can we just go back for a second sure 15 foot wave yes. of beer yes this is ridiculous. I know. Like how it's a good much, night out. There must have been so much pressure, so much strength within the water for yes. it to, number one, burst through the back wall of the brewery. Yeah. But then to create this 15 foot... I mean, yeah. what would be your reaction, Alex, if that was coming towards you? Um, I, I'd probably run. 
gosh. I probably run. But it didn't only destroy the brewery, it destroyed a couple of houses as well. So this, oh. you know, there's a huge amount. And there is a great quote. So we'll, we'll get on to the court case later. Um, but there was a chap who was, I believe he was the only eyewitness reporter. He was an American chap who had been, uh, decided to take a shortcut down the streets at the worst time. And he said, because um, he kind of got hit with this wave, he said, all at once I found myself born onward with great velocity. Oh God. By a torrent which burst upon me so suddenly as almost to deprive me of breath. A roar as of falling buildings at a distance and suffocating fumes were in my ears and nostrils. And he was rescued wow. by the people around him, but not everybody was. Now, next, we've got to move on to the execution of puppets. Oh, already? <laughs> Is it that time? <laughs> it's that time. You don't um, sugarcoat things, do you, Emily? <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, here if we I go. If I had your fun, now let's kill some stuff. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so the execution of puppets now this would usually happen if a particular puppet show was going to move on maybe because they've been told to move on or if they were at a particular fair that was being closed which is what happened eventually at the Mayfair um, so what would happen is they would execute one of their puppets so if you imagine that you're oh around the market it is isn't it and you're looking up at the top floor and you've got these kind of you know punch and judy characters and the window kind of acts as a guillotine so (gasps) one (laughs) yeah it's all right they're not people alex they're puppets Um, i'm sort of going back to your story from a couple of weeks ago if anyone listened to the the one about um what emily did two weeks ago about guy fawkes and the fact that her mum just traumatized her by throwing the guy that she'd made onto the bonfire without telling her i feel like this is going to happen to a whole load of other kids in a slightly different way this this is true actually we should say that you know it wasn't just a fair for adults there were lots and lots of children milling around um so certainly they would have seen this so one of the puppets would be kind of laid down and the window would come down it kind of another puppet acted as the executioner the window would come down and the the head of the puppet would come to the crowd and if you won the puppet head then um you'd i I couldn't find what you would win but you would win something not just the puppet head i mean you could take that home so Um, macabre (laughs) it is isn't it it's just mad um and this is what did you do at the fair today well i got the head of a decapitated puppet mother yeah and the bed was electrified. Mm. So there was a generator which sparked the bed with electricity. And this created what was described as a celestial glow, um, which was kind of went around the head of the bed. It heated up the mattress and it charged the couple up as well. Um, and they believed at the time that um, electricity gave you kind of aphrodisiac properties. They saw that with the electricity, I mean, that's what James Graham has been seeing. He's been seeing if you, you know, the, those uh, metal contraptions that you put your hand on and your hair goes all frizzy. Yes. Um, well, he thought that it could make other things down to attention as well. Uh-huh. So this is, this is his thinking. So you can imagine these guys, this <laughs> is kind of electric shock as they are, uh, you know, on the bed doing whatever they're doing and this celestial glow is what they believe would be kind of the like i think it's i don't really know the 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 details of all the kind of chemistry behind it um but it's more likely that it was a a kind of a a what's called a corona discharge which basically is a sort of uh, as the um the electricity flows through things it sort of gives off this glow and that's probably what it was from as well what was it called it what the celestial glow a corona discharge 
yes which is kind of where the the, the electricity is discharged through the kind of i guess the metalwork or whatever it might have been but it would have essentially have given it this i mean it may not have worked very well but this kind of faint green glow and this is supposed <laughs> to, i mean it's hell. it's completely <gasps> mad halloween halloween <laughs> it did not sound scary at halloween <laughs> halloween mate <laughs> Are you a fan of Halloween, Lee? Uh, yeah. yeah. I like the stories. I can't be doing with a knocking on the door. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> is that a bit bar humbug? It is a bit, isn't it? It is a bit bar humbug. Oh, it is yeah, a bit it is bar a bit. humbug. You, you mean you don't happy? like dressing up? No, I don't. I, I turn the lights out <laughs> and hunker down <laughs> and ignore children. That's really scary. <laughs> yeah, just stand there blank faced with a knife in my hand. She's fantastic. Jesus, <laughs> out of any passersby. <laughs> Lee, are you up for sharing uh, your Halloween story with us? Oh, mine's not quite as uh, as gory. I'm going to take you to Covent Garden, oh. to the Theatre Royal in Drury Lane. I'm going to tell you about oh. some of the ghosts that inhabit the theatre to this day. So I'm going to tell you about about three in particular. There's quite a few, apparently. There's a good handful of different ghosts that people have seen and and experienced over the years. It's one of the oldest, I think it's the oldest theatre in London. It's been there since uh, 1600 and something, and then been rebuilt in, in 1800 and something. I haven't got quite the exact dates, but- well, um, good knowledge. So I'll tell, you about, uh, I'll tell you about a couple of actors, but first I'm gonna tell you about probably the most famous ghost there. He's called uh, the Manning Grey. And he's been uh, cited over the years, many, many times by, dozens and dozens of witnesses and uh, he's been described pretty much the same way by all as a young man in a powdered wig dressed in a gray cloak wearing like a tricorn hat a three-cornered hat and he's always sat in the same place at the end of the fourth row in the upper circle and everybody always sees him there they don't see him anywhere else he's um, so, does this happen? Well, on the 12th of December, they actually planned this, but their gunpowder does not go off. So oh. they've got the gunpowder, they've got the, the barrel, they place oh, it. Oh, Bert must um, be so cross. He's, he's like, the white ball comes over, he's like, ready? Ready? <laughs> ready? And like, nothing happens. How nothing gutty. happens at all. And he's kind of like, you know, all smiles. How long do I wait? to pounce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, right, exercise is over, lads. No, no. <laughs> Guys, what's happened? Anyway, um, the next day in the morning, the police are tipped off. Um, so they're tipped off um, from uh, the Dublin Metropolitan Police. And they suddenly send them an urgent message saying that there is this group. Um, we've heard word that there's going to be um, an attempted um, uh, kind of... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for, Alex? Break breakout. Breakout, yes. An attempted breakout. So they decide to have all of the prisoners exercise in the yard in the early hours of the morning. So um, the guys are there again. They've got their gunpowder. Um, they've got it in a costmonger's barrel, which is basically a barrel that would be used for fruit and vegetables. It's quite a large one. Yeah. They fill it up with gunpowder. They light the fuse. There are three men there, apparently, who are seen later. Um, and the explosion goes off. Or, of course, we've got to remember the white ball goes over. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, luckily, they've got two white balls because they <laughs> lost a white ball yesterday. <laughs> They're like, damn. Oh, now to go, go get another one. Shop. Go on. So, I get the white ball. To 
run down to Wilco's, get a new one. <laughs> yeah, throw it over. Oh, I should say at this point as well. So there's no one in the yard. All the prisoners are back in their cells. And oh. um, Burke is in a, a double padlocked cell. So he's actually been moved um, to one that's even more kind of... Because uh, they've been tipped off, right? Because they've been tipped off. Gotcha. Um, so the white ball goes over. The explosion goes off. And this... Kind of, it, sorry, I just really enjoy the image of this white ball just going... Oof, into this empty, <laughs> yeah, I know. This empty thing. <laughs> so, you know, if like the, the previous white day ball... would have been busy and he would have noticed it, and then suddenly it's like this. Oh, like quite so sad, right, image, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> you know, the policeman just like, yeah, come yeah. on. And if the white ball had a personality, it'd be like, yes, I'm going to be. You know, I am it. This is my moment. And then suddenly it gets to the outside, and there's nobody oh. there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's it. So he he then departs. Um, the Falkland Islands, and we had to wait, as I said, many hundreds, hundred years later or more, for some of these fossils to finally be described by the scientists. But now he heads on to probably, well, first of all, through Terra del Fuego. He goes through there and he meets some very ancient looking humans, humans that have not really come into contact with the outside world. But then... Well, they're actually only 35. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> How old are these people? You look ancient. <laughs> but then, I mean, that must have been a shock because these people were, you know, that they were not touched by civilization. So that gave him some of his ideas about the origin of man. But then he goes through to the other side of South America. He goes up the coast of Chile and arrives in the Galapagos Islands. And oh. that is the place which we often see as that kind of birthplace of some of the ideas of evolution. Mm. So... Um, he it's there that he comes into contact with the tortoises and he looks at those and they realize that they look a little bit different on each island and then uh, he then sees the same with the finches so he sees the finches have different beaks depending on which island they're on and the locals are telling him this but what people don't realize is actually it's the mockingbirds where he first sees his big work it's not the finches, that comes a little bit later. It's actually the mockingbirds he actually collects. Mm. And so he collects a few of those and he takes them back um, to, um, back with him on the beagle. What so is it they about are the pretty mockingbirds important. that he notices? What, what's kind of, what's piqued his interest? It's, it's similar um, to the finches. He, what he notices is that he notices that, again, each animal looks a little bit different on each island. Yeah. And so he realises. So in biology, we have, and this is a big word coming up, okay, we have this thing called allopatric speciation. Whoa. Allo meaning different. Patrick, nothing to do with St. Patrick, okay? <laughs> Patrick speciation. Yes. So what do you know about Dick Turpin? Oh, I know that he well, was a bit of a, a bit of a naughty character. Um, <laughs> I say that because my connection to Dick Turpin is Carry On Dick, Barbara <laughs> yeah, Windsor and Sid James. And it's very much kind of, you know, pistols at dawn, like your big pistol. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, let me get this sentence out. <laughs> Hold it together, girl. You can do it. Pistol out, stand and deliver. You know, there's a fine filly in, in her frills. 
um, in the carriage. She's got to get out. She's got to give Dick Turpin all of her money, probably all of her clothes. <laughs> <laughs> or at least that's what happens. Dick Turpin, in that the famous cross-dresser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the image of Dick Turpin, isn't it? This almost sort of romantic kind of swashbuckling guy in a in a pointed hat and uh, you know all that kind of thing and and it's kind of it is quite a sort of romantic image isn't it i guess that thing of swashbuckling quite gentlemanly you know holding up carriages and and saying to ladies you know give me all your all your jewels and all your money and them kind of going oh dick turpin and you know giving over jewels and sort of having a bit of a alex a lust got a, after him you got a bit of a thing for, <laughs> for i thing absolutely for have no <laughs> Completely separate subject. I absolutely <laughs> Now, it said that the broiling of the beef, so heating the beef, started at 2pm. The tablecloth had to be removed half an hour after 3pm. So it was an hour and a half of eating beef. Um, I'm guessing it must have been quite big. It would have been served on hot pewter plates with onions and baked potatoes. Is that something that, you know, if you sat down in a club and they served you that, would you be pretty happy? I think I would be. That sounds like a good hearty meal to me. Do you know what mm. I mean? That's going to set you up for an evening of discipline, <laughs> which is most likely going to descend into revelry and chaos, but you're all going to be on a, a nice full stomach. Yeah, that, I'd totally be part of that club. Yeah, easily. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah. Um, there was only one second course. There was only one second course after, and this was toasted cheese. Just, just cheese, not a cheese sandwich or anything, just cheese. Toasted cheese. I mean, I don't know if it was on any bread. I don't know if the Earl of Sandwich kind of catered for the bread afterwards for the cheese. I'm not sure. I mean, um, that's not quite challenging because when you met, put cheese and heat together, the cheese melts. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm envisaging lots of wigs, like, get some melty cheese (laughs) yeah but also now you've just mentioned that something like imagine if they get cheese in their wigs were they still wearing big wigs back then god yeah i mean this is the 1780s so i presume they would be god can you imagine that be like if you're just dangling into your mouth and then it just gets messy in the oh my god the earl of sandwich like cheesy cheesy hairy wig (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then oh god like on their chin and round the rim of their cup it just sounds awful actually sounds like a hot cheesy mess doesn't it, <laughs> it sounds like a hot cheesy meaty mess but brilliant buttons you can't really pull them on the buttons, buttons. <laughs> lovely buttons so she goes out and she hires a theatre producer called Vivian Van Damme what a fantastic name. An amazing name. I mean, it could not Vivian be more theatrical. Van Dam yes. or Dam? Dam. Dam. D-A-M-M. Dam. Vivian Van Dam. You couldn't just say, hi, I'm Vivian. It would always no. be Vivian Van Dam. Well, he was known as VD. VD. That's how everyone knew him, VD. Wow. Which I think is kind of cool. I love it when people get those sort of little VD. nicknames. Yeah, just it's quick, but it's, mm. you know, snappy. So he was known yeah. as VD. And she brings him in and she says, look, you know, let's do some theatre. Let, let's figure it all out. And he creates this thing called the Revue de Ville. Now, what the Revue de Ville is, it's sort of a mix of the review shows in Paris. We're thinking kind of Moulin Rouge, Folie Bergère, mm. that kind of thing, but also Vaudeville. 
So they're doing this kind of all these different like entertainment and variety acts all the way through from early on in the afternoon, sort of two, three o'clock in the afternoon, right through till 11, 12 o'clock at night. And these sort of rotating acts and they would come through. And uh, really, it was rubbish. It didn't work at all. It was, again, a commercial failure. So Vivian Van Damme had a little bit of a think and he was like, right, how are we going to encourage people to come in? Well, I've already told you the answer. How are they going to do it? Tits. Absolutely. Abs and boobs. <laughs> and he was looking again, you know, he was looking at the places he'd taken inspiration from. The Moulin Rouge in Paris, which is famous for being, you know, a, a topless, um, mostly naked kind of cabaret type thing. Mm-hmm. And the Folie Bergère, which was similar, all kind of dancing with, you know, a few boobs and that kind of thing. And he decides, okay, well, listen, I'm, let, let's do that. And so he brings in naked ladies. <gasps> what? Gosh. Naked ladies. Oh, I know. gosh, don't say it again. I know, right? <laughs> um, and so when he, brings, when he brings this in, what do you imagine happens? Well, it goes nuts, doesn't it? Well, it goes they've got those as well, do they? Well, the, yeah, probably. Um, so he goes, he goes bonkers. And people start coming in and they're like, yeah, brilliant. This is great. Now, at this point in time, theatres were there was kind of this weird arrangement that it'd been around for a couple of hundred years so during the we're gonna have to rewind historically slightly if we go back to the period when uh, Oliver Cromwell's in charge we are a essentially republic for 11 years Oliver Cromwell outlaws theatres so there's no theatres happening he was a I think horrible histories refer to him as somebody who is as much fun as uh, pants made out of barbed wire which is about right yeah. He was super unfun. Anything that was that was fun, enjoyable, he, he outlawed, you know. Makeup. Yeah, Christmas. I mean, goodness. who, What kind of Grinch outlaws Christmas? Mm. Um, and at that point, he also outlaws theatres. So when Charles II comes in, he brings the theatres back. But he also says that the censorship of the theatres comes under the Lord Chamberlain, who was basically the most senior chap in the royal household. And that had sort of trickled down and it was still in... Um, uh, in place when we get to the 1930s and into the 1940s. So the Lord Chamberlain has this essentially ultimate rule over what he reckons is acceptable on stage. Now, do you think he's going to think that naked bouncing breasts are going to be acceptable? Um, well, I'd like to think, well, not that I'd like to think <laughs> that he was all for it, but I've got a feeling that he's going to be a bit of a... Yeah. Bit of a, a Debbie Downer. He's going to be a fun sponge right here. So he says, nope, sorry, you cannot do this. He, his rule was sort of, if you move, it's rude. If you move, it's rude. God, yeah. even if you wave at someone. Oh, yeah, gosh. you know, if there's, if there's, a, if there's a jiggle of a, of a, of a pert uh, bazoom, then uh, nope, absolutely not. It's, it's pornography. 